This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hi, Cardinal fans. I'm Ozzie Smith. Smith, Corks one into right down the line. It may go. And you're listening to the Cardinals Insider Podcast. Go crazy, folks. Go crazy. Here's your host. Brett McMillan. It's the Cardinals Insider Podcast, week of April the 10th. Glad to have you along with us. I am Brett McMillan coming to you from the fourth level of Bush Stadium inside the press box. Glad to have you alongside. We are not talking about Jason Mott today. If you were with us last week, I had a little bit of a lapse and got my days confused. It happens this time of year. Stuff is just craziness in a good way, but so much happening. Jason Mott is going to be next week on the program talking about his cornhole challenge, which will be at the Anheuser-Busch Beer Garden here in a couple of weeks. So that'll be good next week to catch up with Jason. This week, we've got to talk about the home opener because it's a St. Louis holiday. I have a really awesome, unique perspective I'm blessed with. I'm, I'm running around along with the rest of our Cardinals Insider staff all day on the home opener. We've got cameras getting stuff for social media, for our TV show. We're doing little interviews for both of those and for the podcast. And so that's what I'm going to bring you here in just a couple of minutes is just, we'll call them a little bite-sized interviews, a couple minutes with some red jacket guys, some sound from the clubhouse, and we'll just give you a flavor for what it's like service level underneath that day as everybody's getting on the back of those convertibles, the players are getting ready to play, the Clydesdales are being brought in. It is an awesome day behind the scenes, just like out on the field, which is what you see on television or here at the ballpark It's awesome, and I want to let you hear from some significant people from that day. We've also got a conversation with Stan McNeil. He is the senior staff writer for Cardinals Magazine, and the cover story is about Yadier Molina, the work that he is doing down in his native Puerto Rico after that horrible storm tore through there and obviously left so much devastation. Yadier doing some great humanitarian work for his people down in Puerto Rico. It's really cool. A different look at Yadier. And Stan McNeil, who spent time with Yachty to write that interview, is going to tell you about the process of writing it and uh, the story itself. It's, it's worth the read, so you can check that out. Again, Cardinals Magazine will tell you where it's available toward the end, but Stan McNeil coming up in just a little bit. But first, want to let you know if you'd uh, like to come down to the ballpark, there's some great giveaways coming up as the Cardinals host the Reds on the weekend of April 20th through the 22nd. Awesome giveaways all weekend long, including Dexter Fowler's first-ever gate giveaway bobblehead. That's presented by AAA Insurance. You can get your tickets at cardinals.com slash promotions. All right, home opener 2018. It was an awesome day from the flyover to the Clydesdales. Lou Brock, Bob Gibson, Whitey Herzog, all in attendance. You're going to hear from all of them. Like I said, I'm kind of all over the place, and one of my favorite places to go is to the clubhouse lobby. That's where they wheel the, the cart with the red jackets in, and you walk into the room. It's not very big. I don't, I don't know. I'm bad at estimating this kind of stuff, but maybe 15 by 13. I mean, it literally is just the lobby. But you've got Joe Torre sitting there, leaning back in his chair, talking to Bob Gibson, or Mike Shannon telling stories to the group about his great teams from the 1960s. 
Chris Carpenter walking out of the clubhouse and coming in and shaking hands. You've got Lou Brock at the center of the room, healthy, which was great to see him as part of the parade this year. I know the fans enjoyed it, and I was thrilled to see him too. All this baseball chatter, all of these incredible memories that that captured these moments from their playing and managing careers and can recall them with such finality and such detail. It's amazing. I could just stand there and listen, but I also got the chance to talk to some of them. Three in particular, and the first one I wanted to speak with was Lou Brock, the base burglar, back for another home opener in St. Louis. Take a listen on the Cardinals Insider Podcast. What's exciting to you about opening day here in St. Louis? Well, of course, it's different from any other opening day anywhere else in baseball. And St. Louis has this tradition of having a terrific and uh, opening day and the greatest thing is that the players are ready on opening day. You don't want to look bad on opening day. And so the Cardinals had that ability to look sort of good on opening day. When you hear that Lou chant when you go out or when, when fans see you, how does that make you feel to all these years after you played still hear that appreciation? Well, of course, it's always different. I just didn't know for a long time that uh, ever have that kind of reaction to the fans, but they love the, that word Lou, and so I was trying to live up to it, and living up to it is have something that, that they could cheer about. That whole 60s decade was really special, but what do you remember specifically about 68 and, and that team that was a special group? Well, we had a tremendous ball club that year, and we, 68, I think we won, clinched the pennant somewhere like September the 12th. So we had a lot of time to uh, prepare for the World Series. So I remember that team being the ability to score run, the ability to lift each other up when we were down. Just a few feet from Lou was Bob Gibson, and of course this is a special year because it's been 50 years since 1968, and I wanted to talk to Bob about that season and also just what it means to him to be around on opening day. So just like we did with Lou Brock, here's a couple of questions with Hoot, Gibby, Bob Gibson. That first game of the year, what does it feel like to, to sit up and watch it compared to when you used to start in it? Yeah, well, it's, it's not the same, obviously. Uh, I, I really did enjoy being the starting pitcher on opening day. You know, for one thing, it meant that you probably had the best spring of anybody down there because usually that's what they did. And, you know, maybe you were the leader of the pitching staff, and I, I got a thrill out of that. I think about 50 years since 1968, you know, now that you've had all that time to, to think on it and think about that season, do you view it differently than you did then? Do you have a perspective on it or, or think about it differently than you did when, uh, when you were coming right out of it? Well, to tell the truth, I don't really spend a lot of time sitting, sitting around thinking about 50 years ago or 10 years ago or what have you. Uh, I, I don't think a lot about the games that I played back in those days. Every once in a while you'll talk to some reporter or something and it'll, he'll bring a particular game up and then you think about it. But I really don't spend that much time thinking about it. 
getting to sit around here with all these other guys who have been great Cardinals like yourself. What do you enjoy about just getting to catch up and talk baseball? Well, I enjoy talking about the old games that we played, and, you know, we're a lot better now than we used to be. Uh, that, I, I get a kick out of that, and it kind of reminds you of some things that you did that may have been funny and some things that weren't quite good, you know. But uh, that's a lot of fun. Whitey Herzog is a standard. We just got through a season-long campaign to honor him last year. That was the Cards Rat Pack. We had those special cartoons, and uh, Whitey was around. We did a lot of TV stuff for Cardinals Insider on his life. Um, Whitey is just an incredible guy. I love his smile. I love his jovial nature. I love his recall for the game of baseball and how passionately even today he pays attention and knows what's up. Some guys, you know, when they get done with the game, they uh, they still appreciate it, but maybe they distance themselves a little bit. They've given the majority of their life to baseball. And then there's there's others that are just genuinely such fans and, and love the game so much and love what it takes to manage or play that they stay dialed in mentally to what's going on even when they're not reporting to the ballpark every day. And Whitey Herzog definitely falls into the latter category. There's nothing wrong with either one. There's great baseball people, uh, probably even great Cardinals that fall into both, I would imagine. But, um, man, it's it's cool to see Whitey talk about the game past and talk about the game present. I've had the chance to hear him do both and really have appreciated both. So anytime that I get a chance to talk to Whitey Herzog, I always like to do it. Here's a little bit of what we talked about on opening day. Well, a new year, a new opening day. What's exciting about uh, being here in the red jacket? Well, basically, uh, this is my 62nd. Uh, opening day. My first one was my most memorable because I got President Eisenhower's first toss and I got his autograph in Washington, D.C. in 1956. But the Cardinal opening days are just a little bit different and it just seems like it gets bigger and better every year. The fact that I was lucky enough to be inducted to the Hall of Fame and the Red Coders are out there and we get to ride around, it means something. But I think a lot of it goes before you get in the ballpark. When you drive t- near the stadium for blocks, all you see is Cardinal Red. I mean, that's how much St. Louis is into it. You know? It's it's one of the greatest spectacles I've ever seen. What's it like for you to sit around here and talk baseball with uh, with all these guys? Well, it's always nice to see them, you know, and I always appreciate uh, coming down. I'm sorry that uh, Red couldn't make it today. He wasn't feeling good, but... I think we got 12 of the uh, National Hall of Famers and the Cardinal Hall of Famers out of the 14. McGuire, of course, is a bench coach for San Diego. But uh, it's nice, you know, to see Shannon and Brock and Joe and all the guys. Of course, Bruce is here with me today, Teddy Simmons and so forth. It's really nice to mingle with everybody. As a manager, you used to play all those games in Florida that didn't count for anything, and then all of a sudden you're playing, and it counts. What was that like? Well, you know, opening day means so much to a manager because if you win opening day, you don't have to worry about winning your first one. And it's it's almost amazing. But, uh, you know, when you lose your first one, then I say, well, we can't win over 161. But that's not true. Every manager worries about opening day, winning that first game, believe me. Now, before talking to those Red Jacket guys, we had run into the clubhouse to talk to some of the current players. Because of the way the schedule worked this year, they had been coming from out of town, 
and had come in. And for people that were new to the team or guys that don't live locally, which is most guys during the winter, they're working out in places warmer. Obviously, it's a, it's a little easier to get your baseball work in when it's not snowing. So this is the first time they had been to St. Louis. So guys were there, but maybe they were working out uh, a little later of a report time sometimes on on days like that where you're getting in late and then you have a game that wasn't super early, but it was, I think, a 6:15 first pitch for the home opener. That's an hour earlier than normal, so everything's bumped up a little bit. So there are guys around, but uh, not as many as if it was a 7:15 game and maybe an off day before. So we heard from Dominic uh, Leone. He was really excited to experience the Hall of Famers and shaking the hands. Uh, it was fun. I liked standing in his scrum and just hearing his expectation of what was ahead of him. And then I also slipped across the room and talked to Luke Weaver, an impressive young pitcher who's had some great lines so far in 2018, who really seems to be a guy that is going to follow in that lineage of Cardinal pitchers that treasure, respect, and fight fiercely to defend and preserve and, uh, and push forward the Cardinal tradition, especially of hurlers in this organization. I like talking to Luke, and I asked him, you know, what not only was he looking forward to uh, about the home opener and the ceremonies, but maybe specifically what did he think that moment would be like when he hopped out of the back of his truck and saw all of those red jackets, all those great names from the history of this proud franchise lined up, knowing that he was going to get to shake the hand and greet each one individually. For him, what would that moment be like? Well, just being a fan of the game, you know, growing up and 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 just seeing some of these players, you know, um, it's just just like anybody else. You know, though we play and we're doing this now, it doesn't take away the fact that, you know, we're little kids inside and we're just like, man, these guys were great. And, uh, you know, being around them and, and them giving back to just the Cardinals and, and sharing their wisdom and just being uh, being around and showing their appearance uh, plays such a factor. And uh, they all seem like just awesome guys from the ones I've talked to and the ones I've just watched. And um, so to shake their hand, uh, just as a man, but also as a ball player, is, is going to be an awesome feeling. So there you go, a little sampling of what opening day is like underneath, behind the scenes. The, the Clydesdales come in from outside, and they're kind of underneath in one of the corridors as we get back to that wagon gate, and the players are all standing around, and the Hall of Famers are all on their their cars lined up underneath in the concourse, uh, underneath the stadium, getting ready to go out. It's just a neat mishmash, uh, a neat kind of soup, I guess, of Cardinal history, past and present, Cardinal tradition, everybody mulling about. It is an awesome day. It will always be an awesome day in St. Louis. Even though the game didn't shake out the way that we would have hoped, it still was a special day as it always is. Speaking of special, how about Yadier Molina? A great career into his 15th season. He is impressive as always on the field. He's an ambassador of St. Louis, a face of the franchise. And he also has been doing some great work for his native people down in Puerto Rico, devastated by a storm not that long ago. Conditions have been rough down there, as I'm sure you're aware of. And Yachty, as a native son, has been doing his best to try to help out the people of Puerto Rico in any way that he can. Yachty was the subject of the cover story of Cardinals Game Day magazine in this most recent issue. It is out. You can pick it up at Bush Stadium, a lot of local grocers as well, or by visiting cardinals.com publications. Get the info on how to subscribe. It's a great value, or just where to go and pick up uh, your own copy if you aren't going to do it when you're down here at the ballpark. The name of the article is, I Want to Do More. 
It was written by Stan McNeil, and he joined our own Ben Holtmeyer to talk about what it was like to sit down and chat with Yachty about how he's trying to help out the people back in Puerto Rico. Ben Holtmeyer here, and I'm here today with Stan McNeil, Cardinals senior writer. And uh, we're here to talk about the Cardinals uh, Cardinals magazine first issue. And the cover story of this one is about Yadier Molina. It's called I Want to Do More. And I feel like I Want to Do More couldn't have been a better title because that's honestly Molina's motif in basically everything. Yeah, no doubt. We see that on the field. We've seen it since... Uh 2004, 2005, what he's done on the field, but uh, he goes just as hard off the field, at least he did this past offseason. This is a story that looks at everything Yachty did after last season. I mean, the the hurricane that hit uh, Puerto Rico was uh, foremost in his thoughts of him and his family from the day it hit, which was about 10 days before the season ended. But uh, as soon as the season ended, that Sunday, the Molinas flew to Florida, their home in Florida. The next day, Yachty got organized. And two days after the season was over, he's down in Puerto Rico with uh, a ton of supplies that he would end up going uh, pretty much door to door, uh, passing out to folks. And when you were talking to Molina about this, um, I'm you probably did you talk to him during spring training about all of this is that how you caught up with him yes we co- we talked in spring training a few times about it obviously it was pretty close to um i mean that's that's his home and he even has relatives that still live down there correct he does his mom lives down there part of the time his mom actually stays in st louis most of the summer because she's such a big baseball fan and wants to be uh wants to be near cardinals action and, and yachty action but no uh he was uh, you know he he was in puerto rico at three different times during this past off season all kind of related to doing work uh, charity efforts for the hurricane the first time was right after the season he was down there for about a couple of weeks and uh, he said his day told me his days started at 5 a.m. and would end at midnight and they were were pretty pretty much out working like I said on on the work helping the people that needed the help he purposely stayed out of San Juan because he figured that that the big city the Mm -hmm. capital would get a lot of help so he focused his efforts on areas that were pretty much smaller more probably poor areas that weren't getting a lot of attention. What was it like talking to him about this? Just because we know that the hurricane hit towards the end of the baseball season that had to have been on his mind in in some aspect. Absolutely was. I mean, and and it still is, you know, because I ask him, are you pleased with everything that you were able to do during the off season? And as without hesitating, his first his reply was, "I want to do more." You know, and a, a good part of this story, a, a fun part of this story, actually, was talking with Yachty's wife, Wanda, about Yachty's efforts and her efforts and their foundation's efforts in Puerto Rico, and they they were all very involved. But she, you know, talks about the day the hurricane hit. The Cardinals were in Cincinnati. She was here in St. Louis, and they talked on the phone that morning. And she says, by the end of, by the time Yachty left for the ballpark that day, she knew he would be going to Puerto Rico as soon as he possibly could. Does he still check in pretty frequently down there, even even now? 
he Yachty checks in with everything. I mean, he knows what's going on. You know, one of the other kind of uh, this wasn't really a charity thing he did in the off season, but it was kind of a a, a good human interest type of thing he did was he visited Jose Martinez in Venezuela to uh, basically just to visit Jose. He told Jose all last season that he would he was coming to Venezuela. And as you know, Venezuela is under a lot. It has a lot mm-hmm. of problems going on. Uh, Jose spent probably a few weeks there. Wasn't really sure Yachty would show up. But sure enough, Yachty comes. They do a clinic for, uh, you know, 30 or so uh, young baseball players. So, you know, it wasn't just that he was uh, – his work wasn't just limited to Puerto Rico. Did you get a chance to talk to Jose Martinez about this too? Oh yeah, Jose was great, and Jose, uh, you know, loves lo- lo- loves Yadi as do you know. Yadi is a a big hero among everybody, especially among Latin players. But no, he. I asked uh, Jose. So is Yadi is you know as famous in Venezuela as he is say in right. Puerto Rico? Mm-hmm. And he said, Oh, absolutely, Yadi. Is famous everywhere, you know. And uh, another thing that Yachty did this off season to show you how busy he was, he had his first taste of managing. He managed the under twenty three team national team from Puerto Rico in a tournament they played in uh, Panama in towards the end of November. And he didn't find out he was going to be managing that team until after he had come back from Puerto Rico the first time. I mean, with because of the hurricane, Puerto Rico from what I gather, wasn't really even planning to have a team, and they kind of, at the last minute, thought maybe they they could, called Yachty, and Yachty said, hey, I'll take care of everything. And when he meant, by everything, he meant he would put together the roster, he would get the players uh, to practice, he would get them to, you know, to Panama City for the tournament, and he would would manage, and uh, from what Jose Oquindo talked to him about it, from what he said, Yachty was kind of a natural, natural manager. Even handled handled the media responsibilities well. Yeah, I, you know, I was also reading he he took care of it all the way down to hotel rooms. Like he took care of everything. He he made sure these guys the the team had a place to, place to stay. And one of the players on the team, uh, Yariel Gonzalez, is uh, with with the Cardinals, and had not met Yachty. He got a message on Instagram from Yachty saying, hey, you know, you want to be part of this team? And he said, you know, you don't say no to Yachty. So he, he joined the team. He, uh, when they were, the team practiced at the Cardinals facility, the Cardinals let, uh, donated, I guess would be the word, to the use of the facilities at Roger Dean Stadium for the Puerto Rico team to practice for a couple of weeks. And uh, Yariel was saying that one day he was running and his shoes weren't, uh, he was getting blisters. And Yachty finds out, and Yachty is right there, ready to take his shoes off to let Yariel wear them to, to to finish the sprints. Which I think that says a whole lot about uh, about Yachty. And even at, uh, Gonzalez played so well in that tournament, he had an opportunity to stay in Panama and play winter league ball for a few weeks. He said Yachty helped him through that contract. He said he was down there. Gonzalez was down there for a few weeks, and. Uh, <clears throat> Yachty would text him to make sure everything was going well. Just and this is a guy that had not even met Yachty until until this tournament. What was it? Uh, what was Molina like talking to just about this in general? What was his attitude and everything? Because it's it's so. I mean, it's it's very different than talking to him about 
his his baseball. This is talking about the stuff that he's doing outside of that. What was his attitude like with all this? Well, Yadi is still a man of few words, I, I think would be fair to say. But you can just tell how close this is to his heart, how much this, this means to the whole, you know, I think if you watched uh, Puerto Rico in the World Baseball Classic and just saw how emotional Yachty got with that, I think you can tell how much his country means to him. And then to see it have to suffer through this hurricane, he uh, just is, his efforts are still going. I mean, in fact, uh, he, both Yachty and Wanda told me that at some point they're going to be moving back to Puerto Rico you know, just so they can be there to to help as much as they can. That actually led to my next question perfectly. That's kind of towards the end where they want to move back there. Just, I I guess, did they mention that, is that where they want to live like indefinitely or is that just kind of another place that they might have a home in? It sounds like they want to be there. I mean, as you know, most people or a lot of people in Puerto Rico are fleeing or basically Mm -hmm. leaving the country and they want to kind of turn the tides on that and say, hey, we're moving back there. We're going to be there. And talk a little bit more about um, Yadier's uh, managing. It, as Jose Oquindo talked a lot about how uh, Molina seems just like a natural leader. W- what did you uncover about that? It, you know, that really isn't that surprising. It's kind of funny to ask Jose if uh, he thought Yadi was more like uh, Whitey Herzog or Tony La Russa style of manager, and uh, Jose said, Yachty is Yachty, you know, he's going to be who he is. And uh, this was not a real easy managing job either because they had a 22-man roster. They played nine games in 10 days, and they only had 10 pitchers. And these, you know, these, most of the team was minor league pitchers. So they were coming off their season. They, they, they were the pitchers were already fatigued, so just kind of uh, being able to manipulate a pitching staff to pitch that many games in that short of a time with limited number of pitchers took a lot. But Jose said Yadi had that uh, under control without didn't miss a beat. And um, one of the last things I want to touch on here, I noticed um, Carlos Correa also talked about uh, Yadier's efforts with everything involved, and he. Yadier just kind of took it upon himself without even really letting everybody else know. Yeah, that's one of the, you know, that's kind of who Yadi is as well because it was, I thought, like two days after the season ends, most players are thinking vacation, vacation, vacation. So, I, you know, I don't think Yadi really wanted to put pressure on people to, to come help him. So he just did it himself. And I know that Correa and Carlos Beltran and a lot of the players from Puerto Rico did their own thing to, to try to help. But uh, from what I learned, none of them were going door to door, replacing roofs on, you know, these little houses and uh, buying groceries and, and handing, handing them out the way uh, Yachty did. And then lastly, uh, you as a, as a writer, this was probably a pretty enjoyable story for you to write. What, what was this like for you? No, it was, absolutely. It was fun for a couple of reasons. One is you'd, you'd kind of heard that Yachty went down to Puerto Rico after the season, but you really didn't know a lot of the details or exactly what he did. So to be able to kind of talk to people and learn firsthand what Yachty did. And Yachty, you know, Yachty was, I wouldn't say he was reluctant to to talk about it, but he was certainly reluctant to kind of uh, toot his own horn, if you will. I mean, it was more, hey, if you talk to these people, they can kind of tell you what happened or tell you what went on. But no, it was absolutely uh, a fun story to to do, and, and especially because he's just doing so much good down there. 
And you can find the that whole story and much more in Cardinals Magazine. If you're interested in a subscription, obviously you want to read all about um, everything that's in the latest issue. Or if you want to try to read them all, you can find out more about Cardinals Magazine. You can call the Cardinals uh, ticket hotline. That's 314-345-9000. Or go to cardinals.com slash publications or slash magazine. Anything else, Dan? And if you want to help out uh, Yachty's efforts, uh, there is a GoFund GoFundMe page he has set up, and you can go to his uh, foundation's website and also help there. They're actually, his foundation is actually going to be hosting their first kind of charity event in St. Louis uh, in June uh, this year at uh, Taste of Washington Restaurant. Awesome. Uh, Stan, thank you so much for your time, and we look forward to uh, talking to you about every cover story this year with the magazine. Thanks to Stan. Thanks to Ben. Stan or whoever authors the cover story for each Cardinals magazine this summer will be with us to talk about the writing of that article and just the inside scoop on how the story came about. We look forward to that and are glad to have the folks from Cardinals magazine as part of the podcast this year. Again, cardinals.com slash publications. You can subscribe or figure out where to get your issues, and they're always available down here at the ballpark. If you're a deadhead, you don't want to miss Grateful Dead Night at Bush Stadium on Friday, April the 20th. With the purchase of a special theme ticket, fans will receive an exclusive Grateful Dead-inspired Cardinals t-shirt, and you can come early for a pregame concert by Jake's Leg. Tickets are on sale now at cardinals.com slash theme. No, that was a tremendously popular theme night last year. We're glad to have it as part of the selection again this year. Again, cardinals.com slash theme. Jason Mott will be the guest next week. He closed out a Cardinals World Series, was back for a second go-round with the club in camp this year, and he's got his Cornhole Challenge coming up later this month. We'll talk to Jason uh, about just his time with the Cardinals, and we'll get you set for that Cornhole Challenge, tell you a little bit about that as well next week. Would love your feedback? Email me, cardinals.com slash podcast, or you can subscribe, search Cardinals Insider on iTunes, or head on over to cardinals.com slash podcast. Any reviews, ratings, all that stuff, if you're a fan of the show, it really helps us out. So we appreciate when you do that. And subscription is the best way to make sure you don't miss our episodes. Like last week when Dan McLaughlin sat down with Mark McGuire. Or a couple weeks ago when Ozzie Smith talked to Mike Matheny, Chris Carpenter, and Jose Okendo. Next week, Jason Mott. Maybe you can't listen right at Tuesday, but hey, if you subscribe, it's just going to download to your device and you'll be able to listen So I highly recommend it. Again, cardinals.com slash podcast. Big thanks to Whitey Herzog, Bob Gibson, Lou Brock, the base burglar, Stan McNeil, and Ben Holtmeyer. My name's Brett McMillan. We'll talk to you next week when we have Jason Mott on the program. Until then, thanks for listening to the Cardinals Insider Podcast. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story. And one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of 
of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team.